Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor podcast. Uh, two pods within seven days. We're back on track. Huzzah. Uh, same as last week. It's James, me, hi. Uh, Jack, hi. Hi. Connor, hi. Hi. And that's it. Because John is still sleep deprived and is looking <laughs> after his baby. And I don't know where Ben is, guys. Where's Ben? I haven't heard from him in weeks. Ben, if Ben, if you're listening, can you tell us where you are? Hope everything's all right. But I guess he, we miss he, you. He, he wasn't. He wasn't watching the game along with us, was he? The 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 weekend. So don't know. But we'll find you one day, Ben. Um, news? No news today. We're just going to talk about uh, the Hull game. Um, going to. Uh, the excellent performance last night at home to Donny, and then we'll chat about upcoming games, Blackpool at home, Northampton away, and then that'll probably be about it, which is excellent. So let's get down to the business. Uh, <laughs> there's a slight in-joke in that on Radio Oxford, um, as as many of the listeners will know, the kind of music that they have to go, it's always chart-based stuff that seems to go alongside the montages that they have for like previous games. And the the latest one was just this, it was played at half time, was, wasn't it? The Donny, was it last night? I don't even know. Yeah, was it, it was. It, it was, was last, last night, night yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was just this, ch- I think it's a Tiesto. I looked it up afterwards, Tiesto tune that goes, let's get down, let's get down to business. <laughs> and uh, we were just picturing Nick Harris with his like whistles and, glow sticks just in the back in the background <laughs> just just getting down it's always funny the music selection that they pick but i guess they probably have to select from a certain load of tunes but just anyway. imagine what right just imagine what charlie Methan would do i oh, know yeah that's that's exactly it yeah i think yeah we should put uh, tiesto on the loudspeaker yeah <laughs> right um, the uh how the whole game um it's quite, it, it doesn't look, it looks like a decent, well, it was a decent performance first half, wasn't it? I thought we played absolutely brilliantly, to be honest. Um, team came out and it was a bit of a surprise in that Sykes, Aji and Shadipo were the kind of front line. Jack, is that kind of what you were, I guess none of us really expected that necessarily. Um, it was coming with Aji getting a start, I think. Yeah, and obviously his last... Um impact on the game was his goal against Swindon so he'd kind of walked himself into the starting 11 um I think the, the surprise was well maybe not a surprise because KR said that we're going to be rotating players quite a lot um the surprise was Gorin being rested um yeah and Hansen starting but Hansen had quite a good game in that role I thought I was gonna say and he he sat in midfield along with Lee and and Brannigan um, we started the game, Connor, really well, didn't we? And Aji, like, was a man possessed, I thought, for that first half. Yeah, he kind of, he kind of followed straight on, didn't he, from his from his Swindon performance. Um, and had quite a similar chance, didn't he, really? Um, where he obviously shot across the across, across the goal to the goalkeeper's left. Um, but this time... Really the early, was it like first it. minute yeah. or something? Yeah, I mean, it would have been a great... Well, it was a good start, you know, on the front foot. It was nice. Um, just quickly going back to the previous point about the lineup though I was intrigued mm. to see Brannigan and Shadipo start because there were kind of rumours around them being injured weren't they so I remember going that morning I went for a walk with one of my friends and we were saying that I don't think they were going to start um, does make you wonder doesn't it that 
whether or not these you know these players are kind games. of games. Yeah, it is obviously it's just so games. many games. Yeah, it's just so many games, and it does it does wonder that you know it makes me think that towards the back end of the season now, it's a, it's an absolute struggle to keep some players fit. It is really tough. Um, but yeah, anyway, yeah, we did start off well. Um, I think we had a couple of a couple of uh, decent opportunities straight at the beginning. But I mean, Aji's, like I say, Aji came out firing, didn't he? Um, they looked they looked terrified of him, is what I thought. And he was just rolling their defenders all over the shot. They were backing off, and yeah. he was then getting a turn on, playing others in. He he did that cross, didn't he, as well? First like. 15 minutes across to the Lee and it kind of went through like four bodies and Lee didn't quite anticipate it as he might have done. Um, but that could have so easily been one nil, couldn't it, Jack? That was a, that was a great chance. Yeah, we, and we'll talk about it afterwards, but we essentially start the same as we did against Doncaster, this bright start, taking the game to Hull as it was. Um, and yeah, Adji carried on from, you know, the high point of the Swindon game. Another day, Lee gets his foot on the end of that cross and we, we are 1-0 up. Um, but that's the thing with Adji. He, he does cause panic in, defend, in defenders because he's so quick. Um, yeah. And there was, I think there's one example, it might have even been the cross for Lee, where he got the ball in the corner of the penalty area and kind of... It wasn't a Croy's turn, turn, but it was some he? kind yeah. of turn and then got away from his man. So he's got a lot of tricks in his locker. Um and he actually holds the ball up quite well. He, I think his all-around play has come on quite a lot this season. He doesn't look as raw as last year. Um, as you yeah, say, I bet, he's he, getting sick. I bet he's getting sick of people saying raw. I think I say it every... <laughs> it's like Gordon Ramsay's favourite word, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking raw! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Sorry, but yeah, it was, it, it was interesting because um, obviously... Hull went 1-0 up and from that moment their entire back four dropped deeper and that took Adji's threat out of the game straight away. It was yeah, it was as it as if they decided they weren't bothered about it in the first 20 minutes but they were bothered once they gone 1-0 up which is a bit of a strange approach. The, the thing I really liked about his performance is we played quite direct which is something that we we talked before about kind of cutting out the midfield and going straight from the back line into kind of the front three or depending on what kind of formation we're playing but it actually just it just worked really well I thought because he I honestly think he must have had a really high percentage of kind of pass completion and also just like winning duels and then getting the pass off and also making the right decisions I know it's just kind of like a half of football and like you said when Hull then sat back it was it was harder but regardless it's so good to see him kind of flourishing and starting games well as well not just getting the tag of a super sub. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting you say about the uh, the kind of the going, well, I wouldn't quite say route one, um, but certainly playing some longer balls forward because uh, it was interesting with obviously in this game where that kind of form of play worked against us, didn't it? Because for their first goal, where theirs was very, very route one. Um, from You know, it was almost a, on a counter-attack, but with one great ball from, I think it was Honeyman, um, you know, straight the new, over the new it, Stephen Hunt. He just looks like Stephen Hunt, by the way. I just couldn't believe how much he looked like Stephen Hunt. And I kept going yeah. on about it. Reincarnated. <laughs> He's proper lockdown hair. He's got any. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. But, but I mean that that pass that he played when we completely 
kind of blew our defence open, didn't it, when it came over the top uh, between Ford. Ford and... Yeah. That was it. He, he just kind of... Um, KR definitely talked about it, didn't he, after the game, saying it was his position that was more the problem. Like, initially, when that ball flew over, he was just a few yards too far away from yeah. Lewis Potter, who was yeah. causing us no end of problems in that game. But it felt like... And I wrote this in the notes that... Jack, like I thought it was kind of like as if Hull were the... We had 60... What was it? 63% possession in that game away at Hull. It was as if they played as... It was like a good away performance from a home side, in a way. Yeah, although, again, we, we've seen that with quite a few sides. We saw Donny do it to us earlier in the season. You know, it, some teams are happy to let us pass it about in front of them across the back four a few times. Um, and actually it worked for Hull because it meant they could win the second ball, third ball, and then play quicker out from the back. I think the goal actually came from Ford. Um, we'd had a corner about a minute before and Ford had never quite got back into position. So he was always too yeah. narrow, if you like. Um, I, I think you've written in the notes here, we, we'd been warned a couple of minutes before when Brannigan or Atkinson made a brilliant block from effectively the same the same exactly, thing that they yeah. then scored from. Um, so it was a yeah really frustrating goal to concede because I think he showed him inside too easily. Yeah. Well, it was not. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was in a bad position. He showed him inside. Um, Stuck and through his didn't legs. Block the shot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, horrendous goal to concede. But that Lewis Potter is a good player. To be fair, he is, and he yeah, had a very yeah, good, good game against us, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What about? Um, I kept giving watching the game shodders, as we like to call him. Apologies, um, who is it that hates that? George, George Dugdale. Sorry, George. I thought George was very good on, wasn't it, the game? So maybe that gets us out of jail. And happy but, birthday um, yesterday as well. Oh, birthday friends. Oh, friends. <laughs> oh, friends. Um, I thought Shadipo in recent games, and I think he, he definitely had an improved game last night against Donny. But I, I, I know he's in double figures which is incredible for a winger. And I know, Jack, we were arguing, kind of watching along. Not arguing necessarily, having a nice debate. But yeah, when was the last time we had, you kind of got a winger in on loan that gets into double figures and you can put Roof, we, I think we were saying you can maybe put Roof into that category, but then he moved kind of into more of a central role, took penalties, that type of thing. Um, Connor, what do you reckon about Shadipo? Because I heard um, Kinnebrough on the Wasn't at the Game show saying, sometimes it's like playing with 10 men. And I, I feel the same mm. sometimes when I watch him. I, I think mm. he's working harder to get back, but he, he doesn't seem to be as quick as... He's like deceptively slow yeah. in that you think I, he's quick. I agree with that. Yeah, I think there's there's a very weird, like especially with uh, some of the BBC Oxford commentary about him having pace on the wings and all this. And I think to myself, well, I think he's one of these players who's very quick over a very short period of, of space. You know, he can if he stands his fullback up, he can get round him. But you have him on a you know a 10, 15 yard sprint and he's not got that much pace in him. It, well, as in compared to some players that we had before, like Marcus Brown, for example, or or Brandon Barker. Um and also the 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 ten man thing, yeah, I can see that as well. I mean his his uh his work rate going back is is not quite there. Um but I think for me, the most frustrating thing about him is, and this and this shone through in the whole game, was he's he's deceptively so lightweight. You know, sometimes he'll he'll get a tap and he'll just fall over. Like he'll feel something in his back and just fall over. 
Um, and I do think sometimes he plays he plays for these free kicks a little bit too much. Um, perhaps where I don't think he's deceptive with it though. I think it's just he is lightweight. But I don't and think that's he, why no, you have a forty-year-old defender. Who was the MK yeah, Dons but, guy that's like fifty? Lew- that was Lewington defending against him. Lewington, Lewington, that was it. Yeah, and like he had shodders in his pocket because of that exact reason. I think I don't think he's. I don't actually think he's that weak though. Like there are times where he can get his body, or it's not even him. It's not weak. It's actually the way he positions his body when he steps across people, and he puts his body in the right areas, and he and he gets a you know a proper knock in the back and then falls over. Then that's a foul. But a lot of the time he gets tapped and he just just goes over. And I think to myself, you know, just fucking get on with it. Like. Yeah. You know, just you, you can keep the ball better than that, and he can. He, I've seen him; he did it a few times at Hull, where he kept the ball well. Um, but then, like you say, he's he's such a level hate player because you get a performance like Hull, and then a couple of days later, you get the performance like Doncaster, where he was one of the best players on the pitch. So yeah, and and he was working back that little bit more because I I do think his covering and his defensive play isn't actually that bad it's actually the thing that frustrates me more is how positive he is on the ball or how on his toes he is at certain times in the body language thing and yeah. i don't know jack like raw what do you reckon is he raw <laughs> can well, i do it the, again please there's a reason he's out on loan in league one from a championship club and that is that his all-round yeah. game isn't at the level to play in the championship now, we discussed last night that, and I agree that his all-round contribution, in i.e., in terms of assists and general attacking threat as a winger, isn't there. Um, but then he's got was it nine league goals now? I think so. It, it's a trade-off. When you sign a winger, you probably expect them to be creating chances rather than scoring them. Um, yeah. But this is why he's yeah. so incredibly frustrating because he scored some really good goals with really good finishes um, by being in good positions or having an ouster to cut inside. But then his assist column is blank or possibly the assist for Adri against Swindon. Um, but yeah, it, it, more often than not, we find ourselves commenting on his absence in the game. Um he doesn't offer as much as, say, someone like Marcus Brown did. And Marcus Brown was another player that created quite a lot of debate amongst the fan base. So I don't know. Yeah. He's he's just a frustrating player. I was just looking then to see when he scored goals for us, what, what the results have been. And um, actually, every game he's scored in um, is where we've scored two goals or more. And it, it's like he comes alive when the team's generally playing quite well. If it's a tighter game... Less so. Granted, he scored the winner at Rochdale, but that was in a four-three game that was swinging each way every every five minutes. In in the tight games, he's often a little bit missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so all in all, when you look at the two tight, like we were saying this, I think on the last pod, when you think back to seasons where you had teams running away with it, if Hull are the kind of the baseline of the the top team. You're, you're trying to chase I think over the two ties against them we were very closely matched I felt you know we had the one all was it one all at home I think and then yeah this game and really like I think that's a, a massive positive about where the club's at if that's the benchmark is probably the better term um so yeah that's that let's talk about Doncaster 
Um, and Shadipo started again with Barker on the other wing and Taylor back in, in through the middle. Um, Connor, exciting seeing that that lineup. Um, and I felt Barker just <laughs> absolutely ruined the right back. He was megging them, <laughs> doing this thing where he just sprints around the edge, kind of goes yeah. off the pitch and comes back on for banter. And then yeah, he just every time he runs at fullbacks like that, it just reminds me of Gareth Bale against uh, Inter Milan, I think in the Inter <laughs> Champions yeah. League. A long time ago that was. Um, but yeah, Brand- I mean Brandon Barker started. Started absolutely fantastically, didn't he? Um, it was that that run. Um, I say he had the first, he had the nutmeg one um, before before we actually got the assist for the goal. Um, but I thought the assist for the goal was even more impressive because you know the the fullback was quite you know, quite tight on him to be fair. But he, the way he just the way he keeps the ball kind of um, the other side of his body away from the defender, but then can get round you know, around the outside of the defender to the byline and he gets his arm. Yeah. If you watch him, he gets his arm across as well. You know, he uses his body really well for quite a small He player. ducks down like a rhino, we were he saying. Does. He, yeah, kind of, he does, yeah. He, he kind of ducks down and then gets himself to like a f- four foot six and then yeah. just kind of scuttles along at 100 miles an hour. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of describing it. But yeah, he did fantastically well for the for the uh, the first goal, for Taylor's first goal. And obviously, the, you know, the little cutback was... Was good, um, and Taylor's finish was, uh, you know, equally as impressive. And it was a double nutmeg as well for the for the finish, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that. And Jack, we were saying watching the game, one of the most noticeable things about the whole performance at Donny is that we pressed so high that it meant when we won the ball back or when we were pushing up the pitch, we were good. I was actually saying, wasn't I? Let's take screenshots of how many players are in the box when we're attacking because Taylor was surrounded by. Brannigan was getting further up, wasn't he? And then he also had um, Shadipo and Barker sitting right on the, the shoulders of the kind of fullbacks, which meant that Taylor was getting space because he wasn't the only person people were thinking about. Yeah, we we actually played as a bit of a unit, the front three and the kind of Brannigan, Kelly in behind, obviously Hanson, sorry, going a little bit deeper. Um, whereas in recent games, one of my criticisms has been that the front three looked just kind of three individuals and they're just kind of running about all over the place. Whereas both in the attack and the defensive press last night, we moved as a five, kind of forwards, backwards, sideways, etc. And it's clear that we'd come out kind of all guns blazing and the the press was a large part of that because Doncaster seemed determined to just give us the ball in in our final third, their defensive third. Yeah, what were they doing? Weird, wasn't it? Their keeper just—it was as if he'd had a bet with someone to just kick the ball horrendously. For I didn't understand what he was doing. It reminded me of the uh, MK Dons game last season away. Jimbo and MK Dons were playing, trying to play like ultra football, and we kept. Wasn't it this, it was this season back. at home? Oh, was it? Was it this season? Yeah, or maybe this season then. Yeah, but that's what it reminded me of. And, and obviously, we, you know, we profited off of their their approach to the game. So someone somewhere, as in in the Doncaster ranks, has got that very wrong because obviously you know we we nicked the ball back for the uh, for the second goal, didn't we? Which which was again a, a loose loose ball from their centre back and the uh, centre midfield player didn't go towards the ball and we nicked in. Um, and Matty Taylor was was rutting really well for that, wasn't he? For the second goal, wasn't that? How did the second goal come about? Wasn't it from a corner or something? 
Oh, I'm thinking the third one. Sorry, I'm thinking third, the third yeah. one. My bad. I'm one step ahead. Yeah, the free kick wasn't it? Was it was Kelly over the free kick back post, wasn't it? Oh, that was a yeah. Ruffles header. Ruffles back header. And, um, Taylor's nice flick. inner thigh. Um, yeah, that's what Sorry. Taylor's all about. Ahead of myself. Like, it's all right. Everything's <laughs> fine. <laughs> but ta- like when, um, yeah, Taylor. That's just get. He gets the ball. It drops to him in the box, and the amount of. I think we were saying early on when I didn't the keeper like punt it straight to Kelly at one point and he should have just like leathered it back into the goal and then he just kind of passed it back to the goalie to say don't worry pal have it back but it might it looked like it might have been an attempt to find Taylor and then we start I remember saying at the time maybe like you know we need to get the ball to Taylor to let him miss some chances so if people want to get on his back or critique him he needs to have some opportunities where he's kind of one-on-one or where he's getting shots off in decent positions that are more than half chances but then the game fell in the right way. Taylor was getting the ball. That first goal was just kind of... I I, fe- I always feel like it's a bit patronising when people like look at a goal like that where he's like megged two people from like the six-yard box and they're like, that's a Matty Taylor goal. It's like, he's more than that, isn't he? But that's the type of goal that a striker needs to kind of keep those goals chugging on. And that that's the thing. It's like he's scored two, you know, bitty goals, but they're goals all the they're same. Goals. Yeah, and then and his you- confidence is right up. You could see what it I meant to him when he scored the that, first yeah. one, couldn't you? You could see yeah. what it meant to him. You know, yeah. he, the way he ran off to celebrate was fantastic. It was really good, and and I think that game it just it just goes to prove that when you've got players that are close to him, and the you know, when he is the focal point of the attack, that he will score goals when you put him in the right places. You know, put the ball in the right places, he'll score goals. You know, we spoke about it on the last podcast where we said we don't have any players linking up to him. You know, we used Elliot Lee as an example of someone who who was quite getting quite good at it before he got his knock, and then we were saying last season, obviously with with Henry. But but yes, yesterday with the high press and the way we won the ball back, we had other players close to Matty Taylor, and that kind of supported the attack. Um, and obviously, he, he profited from that. And that was again kind yeah. of the way the third goal came about, which I've already described once, so I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the thing I loved about, and it's going to let us highlight another point, but Jack, we kept on talking about the grittiness and like we were laughing about how Kelly kept getting described as like a gritty player and how it didn't, didn't really kind of fit the mold of what he's all about. And I heard on the, wasn't at the game show them talking about Kelly and like how he'd previously been labeled as like, what, what, what were they terming it? Like a technician. Whereas I think really it's kind of like that deep lying playmaker. If you're talking football manager terms or like quarterback <laughs> position, um, where you kind of saw Kelly kind of, I always remember the Wiccan game at Wembley, sorry to bring it up, but when he came on for that second half, that's what I thought Liam Kelly was here to do, to be that player that's spraying 30, 40 yard passes up around the place that other players can't can't do. Um, but Jack, he had a phenomenal game, didn't he? He was intercepting everything, closing players down. And that third goal came from grittiness in the team, didn't it? Just poking around to get the ball free. His performance last night was one of those typical performances that the fan who likes knocking players will go, yeah, but he missed an open goal and gave the ball away a lot. And he'll just forget every time he intercepted the ball last night. And I think for the first two goals, well, the second goal was his cross that was nodded back by Ruffles. And the first goal was actually Kelly who won the ball near on the halfway line and fed him Barker. Um, So... Him, him, and Brannigan as a as a duo last night. The intensity of them, the desire to cover every blade of grass, and all you know, all the other cliches. But as a two, 
they were really, really good. And that's what we've been lacking. And arguably, just the three things we lacked against Hull, which was decent wing play, being clinical and being in their face, we did last night and we got the rewards from it. Yeah. Do you think those three are the the best midfield three then going forward? If If the desire is to play like that, yes. But as soon as you you play a game where you ask Brannigan to sit deeper and Kelly kind of ends up stuck in no man's land, then is he pressing or is he not? Um, whether we can play that kind of style against every, everyone else for the rest of the season, I don't know, because I think Brannigan especially is tired at the minute, so he's not going to be able to play at that intensity every week. But I, 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 as a three, with Gorin, because that allows Gorin just to sit as well, like properly sit and not worry... It's not a surprise he hasn't been yeah. booked when he doesn't have to go charging about too much because the others are doing it for him. I can't believe he's trying to he's trying to prove you wrong, isn't he? Yeah, with I know this he all, is, yeah. Not getting booked for how many games has he got? Seven he's got to not get booked. And he's on he's only got three has he only got three left? Three left, I think it is, yeah. Wow, he's about over the halfway mark. Alex <laughs> Gorin. I wonder if he had some, I wonder if he had some bets on with people. Um Yeah, I I, I just think it was such a good performance. Um from the whole team. It was interesting, Connor, wasn't it? That you could see the last 15 minutes we were flagging, even though we made all those subs, um, people were knackered, but it's understand, you know, go out, do what we did last season, get three nil up at half time at home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then see the game out. But I, th- you know, we got rode our luck a little bit towards the end, but the players put in such a shift that you can allow for that. Right. Yeah. We conceded a few chances didn't we towards the end and Stevens was kind of, Finally brought into action, but you know, again, credit to him as well. He was switched on, kept a clean sheet. The defense would be happy with that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a fantastic performance overall, and so you you can kind of allow for a for a little bit of flagging towards the end if you've played a game like that with that that much intensity at the top end of the pitch. And I think this was the game, wasn't it, where there was talk before about when are we, you know, when are we going to go for it? You know, when is the when's the right time oh, to to kind of let the reins off a little bit and, and go for the handbrake. Yeah, they kept saying it. handbrake. Handbrake, yeah, yeah, and, and you know, really go for it to get in the playoffs. And like Jack said, you know, can we sustain that type of performance and that level of intensity of pressing against every club that we're going to have to play for the next? How many games we got left? Twelve, thirteen, something like that. Is it? Yeah, twelve. Um, yeah. Twelve. Yeah. Um, it's going to be a hard task. And to be fair, you can't play that way against every team you play anyway, because some teams will just rip you to shreds on the counter attack. Um, but I mean, if it's if if, yeah. if yesterday was anything to go by, that that looks a little bit like uh, they let the reins off a little bit last night because they were they were fantastic. Pretty much every player on the pitch, which was great to see, especially after yeah. obviously the whole performance in the second half, which was the complete opposite. Shackles off, handbrake off. Yeah, I noticed Ruffles. <laughs> I noticed Ruffles <laughs> didn't go beyond Barker at all, and Hansen sat back as well. So, uh, Jack, I don't know if you think that's like a. I mean, it sounds it looks sensible, doesn't it? But you didn't really see Hansen or Ruffles go beyond the the wingers last night. Uh, yeah, again, I think it was that was a a result of the fact that Kelly and Brannigan were pressing so high. He didn't need the extra two bodies to, to, to offer the overlap. Um, you had, you yeah. had it with, with Brannigan yeah. and Kelly. Just another note on players being tired. Um, it's actually really good to see that Barker came off with half an hour left. Brannigan, Kelly, Taylor all came off at the same time just to save a bit of 
energy in the legs because I don't think Brannigan, since he's come back, I don't think he's been subbed off in a league game. So he's played, I don't know, how many games have we had since Burton? 11 straight 90 minutes. So he's going to be knackered considering how long he was out for and the kind of fitness programme he had to undertake to get back. So to get him off and keep 15 minutes in his legs is, is a good thing ahead of Saturday. Yeah, I wonder if he needs a goal, doesn't he? There was a couple of... Do you remember that? Um, it was the second half where there was that absolute chaos in the Donny box where people were falling over all over the place and we would... it looked like everyone was trying to give it to Brannigan to score. Um, I don't remember what, how that actually played out. But there yeah, was, Brannigan had a shot, just... left-footed. The goalkeeper saved it, didn't he? And then it went went out for a corner. But 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 when they fell to Barker, he just, he just shot, but Barker was the one who teed it up for... For Branningham, but it was a bit of a bit of a stitch pass, to be fair, wasn't it? If you remember, it needed some um, Benny Hill music that like it did, yeah, away. yeah, especially when Kelly him. got it with his little like little shimmy he did. But, <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> oh bless him. It's do you reckon um, Connor like Hansen will stick around in that position with? So it's, it's kind of between him and Ford and Sam. When's how long Sam long out for? I don't even know. Month I think it's not, yeah, not, not as bad as first feared, but I think it's still a couple of weeks away. I mean, honestly, I prefer Hanson playing at right back than I do in midfield. There you go. I said it. He's quite, quite like a big lad, isn't he? There was a couple of times where there was a lot of space um, <laughs> on the left wing because he'd come in narrow and then the ball found its way to a left winger. But again, he managed to do a he, decent he job. Can, right? He can defend. I generally do think that he can defend. You know, he's very good with his body positioning. Um, give Hansen his due. You know, I, I think he, I think he did well out on the, out on the right side. Um, but it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's it's who you're up against. You know, we always say this about Josh Ruffles. Josh Ruffles is a good defender, but you put him up against someone with a lot of pace, and he does struggle. Um, although he might, you know, he does sometimes nick the ball at the last minute. And it's kind of the same with Hansen. You know, you stick him up against an absolute rapid winger. And potentially there's yeah. some problems there, but you put them against someone with with not too much more pace than him, um, and they can defend the ball really well um, and stop crosses. And that's one thing I think the Hansen's good at as well is he's very good at stopping the cross. So they're two kind of key uh, key parts of a fullback. And as far as fullback cover goes, it's not a bad fullback cover considering he can play in other positions. And we also have so we have Ford who's also versatile. So having two players like that as well as a good fullback. You know when he's fit and Sam Long, it's not actually too bad. You know, beginning of the yeah. season we're talking about cover. Well, those two players have done well. I think both of them have, to be fair, Fordy and uh, and Hanson when called upon at right back. Be, be interesting to see if he if he stays fit. That how many minutes he gets between now and the end of the season, even when players come back, because I think KR yeah. likes him. Um, yeah, well, he spent a lot of money on him, didn't he? He's his record signing. So. Do you reckon he's our highest earner? He's got to be up there, no, isn't he? No, he, no Matty I think Taylor's I think I don't, Matty Taylor, Matty Taylor yeah, Matty Taylor. But then I think Jack, you might know more about that. But like, it it must it can't have been an insignificant like deal to bring him across. Well, he'd not long signed a new contract at Derby. I think he was about halfway through a four-year contract, so he would have been on a reasonable championship wage because he'd played a few games for Derby. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it'll have obviously been a cut from a championship wage, but I imagine it's still reasonably high. Um, 
I think Brannigan's new contract was probably a decent whack as well to get him to stay around, obviously. Yeah, true, true. Quite what deal Winnell's on, I, I imagine there's some kind of pay-as-you-play or you get an increase when you've played 20 games type approach there based based on his injury record. Um, must have yeah. football manager. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> Good um, manager. So... Yeah, Shodder's obviously got that third goal, decent finish, and we know he's a good finisher. Now 11, 12 goals or something for him. Um, Put it out there, lads. Best performance of the season? Connor? In recent memory, yes. But if you gave me more time to answer this question, I could probably have something (laughs) to say say no. I can see Jack Jack trying to find the... (laughs) Yeah, he is. (laughs) He's trying. We'll have to I've, pause the podcast here until until Jack think, finds what he wants to say. <laughs> I think it's the most complete performance in a half. I think it's probably take Burton on New Year's Day or whatever it was, where we were three one up at half time because Burton were just woeful, god awful. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that is the most we've taken it to a team type performance um, and pulled it off. Um, yeah, so it's, it's definitely it, up there in the top two or three of the season. Yeah, I think and it's nice to, to get away from that. Sorry, Go on, Connor. Oh, okay. It was just nice to be able to capitalise on all the pressure, wasn't it? You know, we kept we kept going, we kept on them, which is something that sometimes we we're not always good, we're not very good at. Um, so I thought it was a really good performance in terms of just hounding them, you know, keeping them penned in, constantly uh, creating chances, and also ruthlessly taking them fair in that first half yeah and before and the other thing we haven't mentioned that KR referred to and then said that he didn't care but then obviously referred to it so I reckon the players were aware but like our record obviously against the top eight going into was it going it was going into that game wasn't it so played 13 one zero drawn six lost seven and our record against the bottom eight was played 11 um one ten lost one, and we all know who that bloody loss was against. Um, but it's it's not. I think it's it's amazing not just to get a win against a team in the top eight. And I know Donny lost the manager, um, perhaps lacking a bit of form and belief. But they're you know, and it's it's a huge result. And and I heard Jerome call you out, Jack, um, on the wasn't at the game show as well because he was referring to the fact that if Donny won that game they were nine points away from us and the fact that we won obviously you know they're three points away touching distance they've got to go to where are they going next they've got a tough game haven't they I forget either way they've got some tough fixtures coming up uh yeah they've got Gillingham and MK Dons away coming up so yeah, and both of those teams are in decent form, aren't they? Like, I, I think they're going to be tough games for them. So, yeah, it's, it's looking looking really positive now. Um, it's amazing what a, what a result can do. And that took us, what, two points away from the um, playoffs, didn't it? Right. Um, on to League One stuff that's going on, just talking about the playoffs then. Kind of no, noticeable results that came out. Burton finally were held. Um, after a massive winning run, but you know they drew with Blackpool one all, and we've got obviously Blackpool next, which we'll talk about in a second. Fucking Charlton came back and beat Bristol Rovers three two after Bristol Rovers went 
two nil up, which was a bit frustrating because at the time, you know, we were looking at that, getting a bit excited. Um, Gillingham beating Lincoln three nil away just took, you know screams League One all over in that it's pretty unpredictable. Um, God, just Steve Evans, guys. Like, what does he f- do? I, I don't understand it. It's like Space Jam when he has the special stuff and he gives it to the team and then they just rock up and believe him. So it's, it's amazing what he's doing there. I hate to say it, but he's doing all right, isn't he? Um, anything else stand out to people? I think that's probably it, isn't it? Pete, I saw Pompey lost again. They've fallen <laughs> beneath us now. I was just about to say Pompey losing, but then I thought that doesn't really stand out, does it? Not at the moment. Well, no, they're, they and they obviously lost. Oh, the Beavers got fired, isn't he? Yeah, Beavers gone. Yeah, Danny Cowell is gone. set to be announced at Pompey. Really? Yeah. I'm guessing his brother will be there as well. I assume so. They seem to be joined at the hip. So, I mean, they've still got. Um, they played the same games. It's what it's annoying. Their last win must have been us, mustn't it? Because they've drawn and got lost four defeats in a row now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, and then it's tonight Sunderland are beating Accrington, aren't they? Oh, it's finished now, wasn't it? Um, so they beat Accrington 2 0 away, which chucks them up to third, and they're on a good unbeaten run. Um, so that's going to be a spicy game when we go and go to their place. Yeah, yeah the one. table's looking. Sorry? You know, 1 1. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the Pompey scoreline every time we played them, wasn't it? But yeah, you're right. Sunderland, that's a common common score as well um yeah so blackpool on um saturday i struggle to remember what day it is they they were on a really good run where they won um five out of six games and they've kind of had a bit of a stumble in the last five so they've kind of drawn a couple of well three games out of the last um five one all and uh, all of those were at home so burton wimbledon and crew so none of those like teams like pushing promotion or anything um had a good win away at mk dons um but you know i think we've got a fancy ourselves they've got jerry yates who was at the scum wasn't he doing pretty well which kind of revitalized his career after um he joined them from rotherham but i don't know jack if you or connor if you guys know too much about blackpool but where they're sat in the league it's one of them again where They've got two games in hand on us. If they beat us, they're level on points with a game in hand. So it's kind of, and they are, they're still unbeaten in, um, you know, quite a few games, I think, aren't they? Eight games. In fact, they haven't lost for ages. Yeah, they haven't lost in eight games. Eight. Yeah, but one thing I do know, one thing I do notice is they don't score many goals, though. You know, their results are not, you know, they're either a, Looking at these last eight games, you know, there's only one game where they've scored more than more than two goals. Um, so, yeah, perhaps, I mean, equally, their defence is not bad either. So it'd be an interesting game. Um, I mean, I say I don't I don't know too much about Blackball per se, other than looking at their recent results. I don't know, if, Jack, you know everything about everyone. So you've got something to say. Well, I was just looking at they've only played 32 <laughs> 32 games, so they're five points off the playoffs with four games in hand on Charlton. Granted, there's five teams in between them, and but it just shows how congested from sixth to about 13th is. Um, there's only five yeah. points in it, and I think we've got to play some of those teams again. Um, so I think Blackpool will look at us as a scalp to take in terms of if 
same kind of thing as we said with Donny. If we if we if we beat Donny, we're in the mix. They'll think if we beat Oxford, we're in the mix. So I think they'll come and have a go um, for sure. Given given it's at home, um, I just hope we can recreate what we did last night. In a sense, yeah. Um, I think Definitely. that's got to be the goal, isn't it? Like another team that's definitely hard to beat given again eight games unbeaten coming into it but as Connor says don't score a lot of goals we've been pretty good at the back of late and um yeah you've got that we've got to just handbrake off take the game to them <laughs> um it'd be interesting Shackles to see off. who starts won't it do you reckon Taylor's got a start again hasn't he Connor or yeah do you reckon um yeah, yeah. Got a shout? I think it's same same front well to be honest with you Bar any injuries between now and Saturday, same team, yeah. yeah. I think you've got to start with the same team, don't you? After that, yeah, injury I so. committing. Like I say, it's, uh, unless we hear anything about Sam Long or anything like that, but I, I think it's got to be the same team, definitely. Yeah. Let's hope there's no heart attack moments where Josh Ruffles plays in Gary Medine in the 97th oh, minute, and then the the cameraman zooms in onto his foot. um so that's saturday so you know gonna be a tough game but then following tuesday um given we probably won't pod until then jack we've got northampton yeah no a strange side at the minute so they're the lowest scorers in the league they've actually got more points than they've scored goals so far um (laughs) So they, they've currently got John Brady in charge. They sat Keith Curl in February um, after a run of one win in 10 games. Um, John Brady's had nine games since and picked up nine points. So nothing spectacular. Um, they're, they're still well and truly in the relegation battle. But their, it's their recent results are strange. So they had um, a couple of home wins back-to-back against Portsmouth and Plymouth. Um, but they managed to lose to Burton at the start of Burton's winning run. They managed to lose to Swindon. And they're probably one of the only teams this season to have had a nil-nil with Rochdale. Um, so they're a very funny side. Um, they drew at that, Doncaster win, last Saturday. That pump, they beat Pompey 4-1, right? Which was yeah. crazy. Which, yeah, came from absolutely nowhere. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're a funny side. They drew nil-nil with Donny last week. Um, I don't really know where that is to measure considering how easily we dispatched Donny last night, if, if that means anything, probably not knowing this league. Um, but yeah, they've only won two out of their last about 12 games, I think it is. So they're they're hardly a, a team in form. As I say, they don't score many goals. Um, their kind of style is a 4-3-3 with two biggish blokes up front who are both on loan. Um, and their leading scorer is actually one of their midfielders in Ryan Watson, who I've always liked as a player. Um was pretty good last year. I noticed they they got rid of Ricky Holmes uh, in February. He's gone back to Southend. Oh, did they? Um, right. So the, the only Oxford connection now is is Jonathan Mitchell, um, who had a not particularly Jonathan good spell Mitchell. with us in the keeper yeah. goalkeeper. Uh, yeah, 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 um, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's a. It's a game we should be winning. It's a game I think we probably will win. Um, one thing to point out, because I just love delving into pointless stats that no one else cares about. Um, they've Northampton have only had one penalty all season. So obviously I know that means they'll get one against us now. But um, 
that made me look at the rest of League One and just how wide ranging it is. So you've had Northampton and Crew with one penalty, and Lincoln have had thirteen. Um, do you have a do you have a quiet day at work today? No, this was in the last <laughs> ten minutes before we came on. I the pod. <laughs> one of my one of my mates said to me the other day when you posted the. Uh, the start of Dan Adji and his goals when he comes off the bench straight after he scored that goal against Swindon. One of my friends messaged me saying, that lad is on your podcast. He's so sweaty, isn't he? He loves a stat. <laughs> I do love a stat. That was a huge, that was massive. That was a massive Everyone stat. Everyone loves that. Exactly. Yeah. J- Jack is the stat man. That's why my uh, internet browser opens on footy stats, soccer base and BBC Sport. Like... There's nothing else to do at the minute, is there? Pre-loaded websites. Yeah. How many many penalties have we had then? We've had three. We've definitely conceded more than we've had, haven't we? Yeah, conceded seven. Lincoln have conceded 16 penalties? Yeah. So in in their games this season, they've had 29 penalties for for and against. What? That's almost like one a game. That's madness. That's so bizarre. See, you were mocking my stats, but now you're right into him. (laughs) (laughs) Lincoln have got David Luiz at the back, just hacking away. So weird. How can one? So one team's involved in twenty twenty nine penalties, and you've got crew involved in four. Four. That is so. That's so weird, isn't it? Jack, your next task. Yeah, Jack, your next task is to work out which referees gave those penalties. Yeah, I want treble kettle heat maps. Um, <laughs> well, it's not very hard. He hasn't moved, does he, Kettle? He just stands on the centre spot. His long arms pointing at all the things. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we'll win at Northampton quite comfortably, but they'll score a penalty. There you go. We Should didn't really first. predict Blackpool, did we? Yeah, let's, let's do both together. So, I'm going to say... I'm going to say six points from these two games. I'm going to go out there. I reckon it'll be tight against Blackpool. Um, but you just got to hope that performance is the same. And I just, with when, as per the stat, we talked about winning 10 of 11 games against teams that are struggling in the bottom half, like bottom eight, especially. Um, I think we'll be fine. We've, we've generally, you know, taken these teams out pretty, pretty well and consistent, consistently. So I think, um, I think we've got to be aiming for six points as well. Like you said, the cluster feck of the league at the moment means that as soon as you don't win against Blackpool, you're putting all that pressure back on yourself to not be able to afford result, you know, difficult results. And if we want to be playing for two positions, I think we've got to be got to be winning. Score prediction then, James. Guys. Get there. I'm gonna say yeah, one nil against Blackpool and three uh, one away at Northampton with them scoring a penalty. Nice. What do you reckon, Connor? I also think one nil at home against Blackpool. Um, I I have faith in in our in our backline to keep a clean sheet again at home, and I think we might nick it. Um, and I'm also following a similar line to you on the uh, Northampton game, but I think we're going to win three nil, and I don't think they're going to score a penalty. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. <laughs> um, I think we'll. Win both games, yes. And, which is more I thought last week when I said we'd draw both of them. So uh, positivity and all that. Um, yeah, I think Blackpool will be dead <laughs> scrappy one nil, and we'll win five one. I've changed my mind. Five one at Northampton. Oh, go on, love Ooh. it. I apologise to everyone listening that Jack's <laughs> gone for the full Steve Kimber 
5-1 victory. It's, it's a very but, optimistic very optimistic pod this week, isn't it? But it's amazing what one really good performance can do. It, yeah, it's so fickle, aren't we? We're we are, yeah, we are the ultimate of fickle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, to be fair, it is funny that we just talked for ages about the fact that Blackpool on an eight-game unbeaten run. We're like, yeah, we're, we're going to win. No problem. <laughs> but I, home form has been good as well. I think we could be justified in what we're saying. Yeah. Um, excellent. All right. Next five games, and yeah, Blackpool, Northampton, Lincoln, which is next Friday on Sky. So we're playing on Tuesday and then Friday. Yeah. And Friday's on Sky for anyone that's wondering. Lincoln at home. That's going to be a spicy game, isn't it? Especially if we get two results in the next two games, we'll we'll have potentially dragged Lincoln back to winning that game. We could pull him back in. Getting a bit carried away now. Is it going to be spicy? We're on Sky. <laughs> You know yeah, what true, we play on Sky. I mean, like at least pre-match, it will be it'll be fun. Let's well, it'll be the it'll just um, be the Appleton thing again, won't it? I mean, they're they're having a wobbly, aren't they? Um, themselves, if losing three 0 at home to Gillingham, and then they've had some difficult results before, haven't they? Didn't they lose to was it Rochdale or something? Yeah. I don't remember. And they go to Sunderland on Saturday, so they're hard. You know, they're yeah, yeah. They That's might be coming it, into the it? game. Yeah, they might be coming into our game without a win in four. So, you know, be uh, be interesting to see how we'll we get on. Two more wins, yeah. hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, if our predictions are anything to go by, then definitely. God, it is. It is. It's exciting. It's it's good to be involved, isn't it? It's good to be involved. That's all I'll say. Keeps um, it keeps after, us on our toes, uh, doesn't it? Yeah. After that Lincoln game, Sunderland away, and then Accrington, and Accrington have been. Flopping down the league a little bit as well, um, as you kind of expect. But I think the fact that we've got Sunderland away on that fourth game, we've got to be, <laughs> we've got to be. The guys are, the guys are just having a giggle. <laughs> What's wrong? What was that? The flopping down the league. Flopping down the league. <laughs> That's a good description of what they've been doing. What what adjective would you use? Falling. Oh, sorry, it was just your, just me and Jack just caught each other's eye when you said that, and we just started laughing. Sorry, yeah. this this is the issue when we do these podcasts and we can see each other. <laughs> this is some of the things that end up happening. All right, all right. Less flop, more fall. It's fine. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, everyone. Right, uh, I think that's probably about us done. I need to go and have dinner. It's like ten o'clock. I'm hungry. Um, we'll be back. I expect. Similar time next week where we'll have to crunch a pod in between um, Northampton and uh, the Lincoln game. And hopefully we're in just as good spirits as we are now. Let's get down to business. Tip Manor out. See you later. (laughs) 